Thank you for joining In the Vine Dating Podcast with host Melissa Chavez, where we'll be inviting different guests to answer all of your questions about Christian dating and relationships. And of course, discussing our upcoming dating mixers and events. For more information, you can visit our website at inthevinedating.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to show your support and like, share, and subscribe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to In the Vine Dating Podcast. It is your host, Melissa Chavez. And here with me, I have... Yesi. <laughs> Shekinah. Denise. And we're just going to be straight up with y'all today, okay? <laughs> we're... One of us in this group is a lot more Delulu than, than the three of us. And your goal is to find out who by the end of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's going to be a fun one. We're honestly kind of flying off the cuff a little bit this morning. And so it's going to be a really good podcast because, you know, unscripted. it's going to be unscripted. Mm-hmm. We're Usually, all to plan around Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's been a wild one today. And so, ladies, how are you feeling this morning? Or after, I don't know where we're at. <laughs> this, today. How are you feeling today? I'm going to start with Yessi. I feel jolly. I have my glitter going on. <laughs> Do you guys see that? I hope it's sparkly. It is. It is. Wow. Um, I have little Christmas gifts, pom-poms. It's so cute. Um, I have a little car full of... Pups. Llamas and pups. Llamas. Yeah. Yeah, look at this. It's so llamas. cute. Yeah. So I, I feel festive. I feel happy to be here. That's awesome. <laughs> She's not the Delulu one. <laughs> or maybe she is. Maybe I, I am. <laughs> maybe I'm Delulu just thinking that. <laughs> what about you, Shaquina? I'm feeling good too. I got my little elf dress. You on. look so cute. <laughs> so cute. I love it. And then I stole these from a Christmas party recently. So oh, perfect timing. <laughs> love it. Christians, you're forgiven. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Denise? I'm feeling much better thanks to Yessi <laughs> hooking a girl up with the lashes oh, before. Yeah. I was almost going to come on to this podcast without lashes. And Yessi's like, are you sure? You don't want I was like, I'm okay. She's like, are you sure? <laughs> I begged her. Can I put them on? Here? She's like, I'll put them on. I said, all right, all right. <laughs> if I must. <laughs> if I must. So shout out to Yessi for making your girl, you know, look better, feel better. So it's that jolly. Yeah. It's that jolly. It's that jolly. Like, You're spreading. coming in. Yeah, You're I'm spreading in. that holiday cheer. Yeah. Get it, girl. Through lashes and all. Yeah, so thank you. And I'm also wearing my Christmas sweater. I have a little gift. So I'm going to be a gift to you guys today. <laughs> She's Santa's favorite, too. Yeah, so cute. yeah. I love it. I My love husband it. was like, are you guys having, like, a Christmas party? And I was like, you just want to be festive. Dang it. Let uh, us live, Mike. Let us live. Um, just us four and Ramsey. <laughs> Cheers. Ramsey didn't get the memo. <laughs> it's great. We love it here. Um, so as we... As we uh, <laughs> the <Delulu> was, like, <laughs> no, it's not me. Um, I was gonna say as we declare. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Declare? <laughs> I declare. I do declare. Like in the office, I just get pictures. <laughs> anyway, as we stated on our story on Instagram, <laughs> um, it's our last episode before the end of the year, and so. <laughs> This is why we're like this today, a little bit more lax. It's going to be just fun, right? And so um, this episode, we're going over my interview. And so because Denise did such an awesome, (laughs) awesome job (laughs) interviewing me, she's going to be kind of taking over a bit, but all you girls are going to have the amazing opportunity. (laughs) Team effort here today. Team effort, yeah, to just um, put me under the hot seat. And so on the hot seat. (laughs) 
This is great. Um, <laughs> Denise, take it away. <laughs> yeah, so let's start. Um, so what did you guys think of Melissa's <laughs> podcast? I'm going to start with Shekinah. What did you think? Well, I got to get serious here for a second yeah. after all you that better laughing. better get and serious. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, honestly, I think it's it still falls in line so perfectly with with how each of us have had our have have had our interviews, right? And us hearing things for the first time or hearing things in a way that we've never oh like I knew that about her, but I didn't know that and like in that context or in that way or how it even affected you on an emotional level. So get getting to see that aspect of it and being talked about in that way from you was really powerful and um I was like, again, crying as I was listening and just, it's so, it hits so different when it's your friend, when someone that you care about and just to see the strength that, um, that you've come through and like that you've developed while coming through this is just so powerful and such a testimony. And I'm so glad that you're doing In the Vine and In the Vine has been inspired so much through your story and that we get to be here with you and that our participants and for those joining the events get to be um, doing what they're doing and meeting other people <clears throat> because you were obedient to God first. Mm -hmm. And that obedience wouldn't have been developed and that word wouldn't have been developed through you if you weren't willing to do what God has called you to do. And so that's just a huge testimony. And that's what I got out of it. Mm, thank you. It means a lot. Yes, definitely. I think it's funny to say, not funny, but um, you, you like we've heard your story to some degree but you still catch yourself crying when you hear it. And I know when I was even interviewing her, I was like, okay, I'm not going to cry. And then I start crying. And I was just like, but it, it's so impactful. It just, it's so different when you hear like the full trajectory of everything that's happened at once. So um, I agree with you. Yessi, what did you think about it? <laughs> <laughs> this is so awkward for me. It's so hard. Okay. I'm sorry. Here I am. Vulnerability. Yeah, take your hat, no, I'm <laughs> Laugh instead of cry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Or no. No. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Why do I always do these? Let this do? one just flow yeah. with all the awkwardness and yeah. love that we okay, can possibly okay. do. Unedited, unscripted, <laughs> and unedited, raw. unscripted. Okay. Well, I wanted to say that you're so strong. Mm -hmm. I know I said this about Shakay. I said this about Denise. And I, I truly mean this for you, too. <laughs> for me only. <laughs> for kidding. you only, just yeah. Kidding. No, but I just want okay. you to know that I love you so much. And just hearing that brought me to tears. Um, you sharing these stories, and I know you've shared to them to, with me. And so I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And like, even just something as small as the gas station, it was so fun. Like, I can think of a million stories you yeah. shared that made it so fun, you <laughs> yeah. know? But you shared the story about how uh, you went out with a certain guy, right? <laughs> and um, the fact that you said you, you, that person, like, just being with them made you feel like trash. Mm -hmm. And that was a monumental moment for you for not to feel like that anymore. Yeah. And it, and it makes me think, like, I, I personally will never, ever want you to go through that. Right. And I know that there's a lot of friends that feel the same way about other people. Like, I never want you to go through that. So I think your story is going to be so powerful, not just for the people that have felt that way, but for the people who want to protect their friend from going yeah. through that. Because I know firsthand... I, yes. I did not, you yes. know, I did not allow um, this person to do anything. Yes. The minute that this person did. Yeah. 
You know what I did? Yes. <laughs> Shunned. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, da, 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 da. I, 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 I don't want to share too much to right. reveal, but um, I know that I put this person in a very difficult situation right. at that moment. Um, and, I, and I wanted to make sure I stood up for you. But I've been saying this because a lot of people don't hear stories like your story. Mm-hmm. And you had shared such a vulnerability. And there's going to be so many people that are going to finally understand and know, you know what? I need to protect my friend too. I had no idea my friend was going through that. Mm -hmm. Because like you shared, you were going through these things, but you never really shared much of it. Mm -hmm. And for you to finally experience that through God, because even though your family was there, your family didn't give that to you. Your friendship before BC Mm -hmm. didn't give that to you. And now you're able to share with the church, your community, your heart and vulnerability a lot of people don't have that. And I'm so excited for them to experience that through your life, through the redemption that God's given you, and through your story. Yes. Thank and through so in much. divine dating. Yeah, I'm so excited. Because I know that's your heart. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, and experiencing those things was definitely not easy. But, you know, I did say that not a lot of people um, defended me and stuff. But I also want to show the other side of the coin that I didn't really let people defend me um, mm-hmm. because I was so overprotective over myself. And so um, the more that I started opening up and saying like, hey, this and this is happening, um, the more that people started stepping in and telling me like, hey, that's not right. You shouldn't like you shouldn't be going through any of those things. And so um, I do want to give that disclaimer that as soon as I started being vulnerable myself to the right people, um, then the right people started standing up for me when I didn't even know that I needed to to be defended. You know, so Mm -hmm. I really wanted to bring that picture completely in. That's yeah, good. no, that's good. And that, I think that falls into the same category as like self-sabotage. Right. And that's even something that Denise brought up in her interview was that she was she was so hurt and so broken that she fell into that category of just self-sabotaging. Mm-hmm. And um, I think just being able to recognize that is so big because yeah. it's so easy to play the victim. Right. And it is easy to say, well, these people weren't here for me. Or it's easy to go to the wrong of people and then it solidifies that mindset exactly. of, see, everyone just, you know, betrays me. But at the end of the day, it was because you kind of put yourself in a position and around people that you knew wouldn't exactly. have your back. Mm-hmm. And when they didn't inevitably have, when they didn't inevitably have their back, yeah. um, you guys know what I meant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, then you just kind of fulfilled that, what we call self-fulfilling prophecy exactly. of, um, see, everybody betrays me. Mm-hmm. Everybody leaves me. Nobody's there for me. Nobody supports me. But at the end of the day, you knew what you were doing. Exactly. And you knew that you were going to the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really powerful. And that's such um, just a sign of growth and maturity is when you start catching that within yourself yes. and taking responsibility exactly. for yourself and going, I could so easily blame other people, but there's a huge aspect of myself getting in the way yeah. that I need to clear in my life. 100%. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm, as I'm listening, that I see like a parallel, right, is that in the beginning, we just, you discussed in your interview about, you know, having, uh, seeing God like as a religion, mm-hmm. right? Do's and don'ts. Right. And then you came to a place of relationship. And it seems like the same thing was married in your personal relationships, yes. right? Where everything That's was so yeah. do's and don'ts. Yeah. And then it came to a place of when you, you healed, you started to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. And in that place, even the relational aspect that happened with Jesus was also being transferred, you know, to yes. the body amongst you. And so, so to see that, and that's why we emphasize so much, um, and even in, in your podcast, was the importance of having a relationship with Jesus. Yes. Because Jesus is relational. And a lot of times when you come from different sects of a Christianity, whether mm-hmm. it be 
Baptist, you know, Catholicism, a lot of that sometimes is from a place of religion and not from a place of relationship. And so knowing that Jesus is tangible, knowing that Jesus loves you, knowing that Jesus is merciful, knowing that Jesus is kind, allows you to see those facets of of Jesus in other people, which that comes with, you know, then you're able to be vulnerable and, and then get the protection that you feel or people defending you the way that you need to be defended, right? So that actually even, you know, begs the question is, how do you, I know we, Melissa answered this a little bit, but for you, Shekinah, like you grew up in church, right? So would you say that you always fell into the aspect of you knew Jesus as relational or do you feel like that at some point changed or was there like a differentiation of you seeing God as religion and God as relational? Um, Honestly, I think for me, I know it could be very different for a lot of people who grew up in church, but seeing my parents and how my family had such a strong relationship with the Lord really translated into my life. And having a good relationship with my mom and my dad, especially my dad, it was easier for me to grasp from a young age what God the Father truly meant. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people don't have that experience, unfortunately, growing up in church, but um, I can say that I did have that experience. So I think the term religion and relationship being such a struggle and such an unbalanced thing was something that I personally never struggled with um, because I would hear people, I would hear other Christians say, or let me give an example. So I was a coworker of mine. She was a Christian. And another coworker who was an unbeliever asked her, you know, so, oh, so you're religious. And she goes, it's not religion, it's relationship. <laughs> and uh, I've heard that so many times. I never really thought too much about it until I saw it in contrast between an unbeliever and a believer. Mm. And that person, the unbeliever, looked at her and was like, but you go to church and you worship (laughs) a God, right? And she was like, well, yeah, but I'm not religious. And he goes, okay. And he just walked away like crazy person. And then (laughs) seeing it from that third person perspective, I was like, wow, you sound crazy. I was like, no, I'm religious. But, you know, um, I just read in James actually last night, about the true meaning of religion, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the care for the widows and orphans. That's in James 1. And so the term religion is not a dirty word, but it can be for, mm-hmm. like you said, for people who grew up in that with, without religion being um, in co, like a co-relationship with relationship. Right. And so I can see how it can be. So I see it from both perspectives, that's but I really try cool. to be very cautious of that because right. when I when I get that kind of haughty, prideful, like, it's not religion, it's relationship, you know? It's yeah. like other Christians might get that, but like when non-Christians hear it, they're like, you psycho. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, it's like saying I'm married without the contract. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's just silly, you know? And so um, I 100% understand the root behind that mm-hmm. and where that's coming from. But the truth is, is I am a religious person. I am a Christian. I am the, of the religion of Christianity, but what makes it valuable, what makes it real and tangible is that I do have an actual relationship with the mm-hmm. Father, and it's not due, and it's not because of what I do, and it's not because of, you know, how perfect my experience was growing up or whatever, you know, it has everything to do with the fact that I've surrendered my life to Christ Jesus, and I now have that relationship with Him. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you gave that because that even just makes it, gives us perspective, right? And it's like, Words. Words have so much power and mm-hmm. words, depending on the perspective of the person, can mean such so many different things. Yes. And so even with that, the word religion, 
you know, you being a Christian and your upbringing, like that's what it, how you identify with it. And it's funny to see how other people can ad- identify it mm-hmm. with it in such a different way. Yeah. But I love that because that does, um, it does, it's not like right or wrong. It's just the understanding that people have yeah. with that term. So once again, understanding what the definition of it is to that person allows you to have that type of dialogue and conversation, right? Precisely. So yeah. I love that. That's really good. Yes. What about you, Yessie? Would you say... Um, did you grow up with like <laughs> Melissa? <laughs> Who sat me next to her? I, don't know. I just love. I know her facial expressions and stuff. So I just, it's funny to me. <laughs> I love her. This is why they're best friends. <laughs> they just giggle. One time, one time, can I share something? Yes. Yeah, one time, uh, something really hilarious happened in church, and it was like something said from the pulpit that I don't think was meant to be like funny, but it kind of like solidified a joke that we had. And um, we actually had to step outside because I was laughing so hard. And she was sitting in front of me and she would like turn around and then like we would just keep giggling like this. And so I I literally went outside because I I, like bursted out in like laughter so hard. And I was going to make a huge scene in church. So because it was it was a very serious topic, but it, it was, was again very inappropriate. <laughs> like right now, those are the best kind of story of our life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> what was the question again? Um, I was talking to Yessi about her experience with religion and relationship with Jesus. So I'm gonna go back. So Yessi, what, what <laughs> have you ever had an experience? Or what would your what was your experience like with you know? Um, I know you mentioned that you grew up Catholic, right? So how was your relationship with Jesus in that phase versus where it's at now? Growing up in Catholicism, I went to church every Sunday uh, growing up, and we always had to dress in our Sunday's best. And we would go, even if my dad had to go to work, my mom would make it a point to go. And so I always thought it was, to be honest, as a kid, it was boring because they didn't separate like the kids and take them to other classes um, we would be in the same class, and mm. then we would have to see the same people, and then we had to get on your knees and not on your knees <laughs> and then stand up. So for me, it was like a ritual, right? Mm. And um, I would always be amazed, like, how does my mom memorize these par- prayers and all these hundreds of people in here, like, memorize these prayers? And for me, it's like I felt guilty not knowing them, but then I also knew, like, there's a lot of hard work behind this, like, behind this religion. And so I didn't really know about it. And then um, when he would actually read the Bible, they, there's books. And it would be already, like, categorized for what day. Mm. Like, it's already set for the year. And so I would go and I would read it in English, whatever he was saying in Spanish, because for me, I understood better in English. And I would actually be amazed, like, oh, this actually happened in the Bible? And my mom's like, yes. So I, I think there was a, a disconnection maybe because it was in Spanish. And then also on top of it of I never really got to know like, I was told about Jesus, but I really do feel like you have to experience yes. his love and his mercy right. at a at an intimate level, regardless. So I felt like until I actually did that, I was like, wow, okay, all of these <laughs> all of these moments actually led me to this, which I'm thankful for. Mm-hmm. A lot of the pe- things that my parents actually told me or, or talk about this or we pray about this, it made sense. But then there was other parts when I'm like, that's not in the Bible. Like that part wasn't in the Bible, you know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, they get, you get told, well, are you reading the Catholic Bible? And mm. I was like, I'm reading the Holy Bible, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I, I think there's, I'm, I'm not trying to dog on other religions at all, but I felt like for myself, I really had experienced Jesus myself, read the word for myself to make my decision. 
Yeah. Makes sense. I think you said something so key. You used the term, it was ritual. And then, so that's where I think uh, what you just explained was pretty much you had ritualistic religion, and then it wasn't until you experienced relational religion that it suddenly clicked and it made sense for you. And um, I think it's so powerful, too, that I, th I don't think, I haven't met too many um, Catholics, like hardcore Catholics, who um, have really hated growing up in the Catholic Church, but just like you have a very similar experience of, um, I learned the Bible and I had my questions answered to a degree, but it was just kind of very uniform until God came in and really lit those things up. And so now my knowledge of the word got um, connected with my love for the word. And so I, th I think that's really powerful is that it's, I think it's still so powerful because you went to church, you still learned the word of God, you still had that implemented into your life, which mm -hmm. is a, a great thing. Yeah. But then the Holy Spirit came in and really brought those things to life. Right. Yeah. I love the way that you defined it. I think you say like ritual, ritualistic religion versus relational Jesus, right? That is was it? the Holy Spirit. Dude. I know. So she said the word <laughs> ritual. I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> relational religion. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. so, so let's say that again. It was ritualistic religion versus relational religion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is fire. Yes. Like that needs to be a shirt. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, that was Get really good. It. And I, and it's true. You know, one of the things that I, I, I've been thinking about this and I was like, I have to thank my mom. So every time during, um, I don't even know what it's called in English, but in Spanish, it's like Quaresma time. And it's like 40 days, you know, where mm. you, in the, like, you just do stuff. You like, you, you give up things and, and so the spring, right? Yeah. But one of the things that my mom always did, and I and I hated it then, but I'm very thankful now, was that she would make us pray every night for at least an hour. And I would have to get on my knees, and I would have to pray. Mm. And there's times where I would pretend I was sick, and she wouldn't <laughs> care. Like, she's like, you need to come. <laughs> and, you know, and and I hated it then. But it's so easy for me now to pray for over mm -hmm. an hour because it was something that my mom embedded in us. Now, was it perfect? No, we read like the rosary, I think it was, right? But even in that, like that prayer life has always like carried with me since that moment. So, you know, and like you said, I'm not trying to dog any like the religion or anything because there is good that came out yes. of it. Like I have to be honest, right? I yeah. And there was funny because... One thing that my parents did was they still made me go to church on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. So in here, like, I'm still going to church Sunday morning, you know. Right. So there was good that did come out of that. But I think that's enough of that. I think that was just oh, yeah. <laughs> funny to touch on that. But um, one of the things that we wanted to ask you, Melissa, is how were you able to get out of that type of lifestyle um, that you were living and come into this one? Um, I wish I could say that I had the resolve to change. Um, I think I... Honestly, it was just God's complete intervention. And one thing that I love about Jesus is that he really moves with you according to the way that you're wired. Um, I'm not saying that he condones your behavior, right? Because right. we don't worship our personality. But I do think that he takes you through a process. And so um, the way that I think I was able to get out of it was one divine intervention. The Lord just started opening up my eyes to be able to see things differently and for what they were. And then from there... I think once I actually came in to the church and all that, I still try to hang out with friends um, that I used to hang out with. Um, but it wasn't like, I, it just didn't sit well with me. I remember one time we went, I went to a bar with one of my friends and um, I had been in the church for a little bit already. And I remember sitting, and at this point, like I hadn't, you know, we do the whole worship at the altar and all that stuff. And I hadn't received that kind of freedom yet. Like I was still at the seat, like 
um, barely lifting up my hands, right? And I remember I was at this club, and I remember, one, there was a whole bunch of, like, um, you know, homosexuals there. And, well, I, by a whole bunch, it was, like, one or two. <laughs> I'm being dramatic. And um, at the same time, you know, people dancing and the music that they were playing and all that stuff. And I had enough sense inside of me to be like, if I can't do this for God, <clears throat> excuse me, if I can't do this for God yet, why am I here doing that for the devil? Because to me, mm -hmm. it's either God or it's the devil. Like, there is no in-between. Um, there's no, pro uh, what is it that um, the Catholics have? Pur like Purgatory. Purgatory, yeah. <laughs> it's either one or the other. And so I remember being at the club and all of a sudden I just felt like so much sadness for being there and for, um, you know, one of the things that the Lord has taught me throughout my life is if you feel comfortable when where a sinner feels comfortable and they feel like they're in their element, then there's something off with you. And so um, as I sat there, I was like, okay, like, I don't want to do this. Like, if I, because to me, if I'm lifting up my hands for something, it's my worship, right? And so if I'm lifting up my hands for at the club and uh, like the person's telling me to lift up my hands and I have no trouble doing that, then that shows me, and I have trouble doing it for God, and that shows me that my heart is off. And so, um, you know, the Lord just gave me these little glimpses of wisdom as I was growing in him. And, um, you know, he wasn't hardcore about it. He was just showing me. And I think as I let go of behaviors that are detrimental to me, I think religion really, really tells you, like, you better change your behavior right, right away. But one thing that I've learned in my walk with the Lord is, like, if I focus less on what I need to stop doing and I focus more on just learning his heart, then these things just fall away. Yes. Um, like there was a time where, and it sounds so silly, but I love music so much. Like music is embedded into me. And um, I remember um, I was having trouble listening to a specific genre of music and it was so hard for me to let it go. And um, I remember I, was, I kept like punishing myself. I would fast, but then the weekend came and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it was just terrible. And I remember I was like, okay, God, like, I'm gonna stop punishing myself and I'm gonna stop um, telling myself that I suck for not being able to let go of this. But instead, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start spending a little bit more time with you. I'm gonna start, and you know, <clears throat> one of the things about, <clears throat> I'm so sorry, one thing that I've learned is, you know, we need to develop appetites for something, right? And so, I have an app, uh, for example, if you're eating unhealthy, you have an appetite for McDonald's, you have an appetite for ice cream, whatever. And so you have to start retraining yourself to develop a new appetite for something else when you want to start eating healthy. And so that doesn't come overnight. You have to start introducing new things into your life. And so that's what I consider the, the presence of the Lord. If I have an appetite for a certain kind of music that I shouldn't be listening to, then I just need to start redirecting my attention to something else. Mm -hmm. And it really is that simple. And, it, um, and I'm not saying that it's a perfect science, but with me and the Lord, like that's what's helped. Because again, as I mentioned in the last episode, it's God's kindness that leads us into repentance. And so, uh, and repentance is a gift. And so to me, if the Lord is saying that repentance is a gift, then he's not punishing me. He wants me to turn my eyes away from whatever I've been looking at and focus on him. And it's always relational. It's always about the heart of the father. And so if I'm his child, then he wants to lure me into a, a relationship with him. Yeah. And so um, <clears throat> that's what helped me. It's where I started to focus my attention little by little. That's really good. And that even just, I know that you mentioned something right now. You said um, it's either, there's no purgatory. It's either God <laughs> or the devil, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that Andre, Yessi's husband, actually had a really good question. And I and I want um, Shekinah to answer this. So, because throughout our different podcasts, we talk about, you know, it was the enemy who did this. And so how would you say is a good way to know if it was 
the enemy who'd caused something, if it was your free will, or if it was honestly God allowing it for him to get the glory at the end of the day? Um, that's honestly a really tough one to answer. Because <clears throat> at the end of the day, I don't think a lot of people are going to like my answer. I don't think it matters. At the end of the day, the Lord is looking at your heart. He's looking at what you decide. So whether it's your own free will, it's your own fleshly desires going after that thing, or it's Satan, or if it's just, you know, even God himself sets you up for that. Um, I know people don't like that, you know, that idea either that how, what do you mean God sets us up? God never sets us up to sin, but he will put us through tough situations sometimes, um, giving us the opportunity to overcome it for his glory. Um, but either way, sometimes we can't always answer that. Sometimes we can't always be aware of that. Um, it really just, at the end of the day, the responsibility rests on you to make the right decision. So I really don't think it's healthy in a spiritual sense to dwell on where is this coming from. Mm -hmm. um, not that you shouldn't, right? right? Um, Cause it goes back to, we do need to understand the why, but sometimes God is just, just do it, just mm -hmm. do better. And if we focus too much on the why, and if we don't get that why answered, too many people just sit back and wait for a miracle to happen when God is telling you to move forward. And so to know if it's coming from Satan, if it's coming from your own fleshly desires or from the Lord himself, at the end of the day, that does not negate your responsibility. That doesn't negate um, you stepping forward and doing what you know God has called you to do. Because if you're, for example, you're feeling um, tempted to do something that you know is not of the word, you know, or you feel like, um, you know, that you have to go somewhere that God told you to go, um, you know, uh, let me give a silly example, lying on your taxes, right? You know, if you lie on your taxes, it's wrong, right. but it will, no one will know. It's not really hurting anybody. It's such a small little thing and it'll save me money. Um, at the end of the day, it's wrong. And the Lord is looking at your heart and now you can go, well, the Satan's, Satan is really tempting me right now, or this is just my own greed, or this could even be, you know, what God is setting up in front of me, giving me the opportunity um, and expecting me to, you know, make the right decision. Either way, regardless of where it's coming from, your responsibility is to the word of God, and that's to be honest on your taxes. Um, but I don't know. That's that. Like Can, I said, that's that's a hard one. I'd like to jump in on this and yeah, give like a, a little bit of like uh, bring it back to the Bible a bit. Um, so the best way that I think I can answer that is the story of Job, right? So it was the Lord that allowed the enemy to have his way in Job's life. Mm -hmm. But and so then that presented to me when God was allowing something. Another one was the enemy was trying to do something. And the other one was Job's response to that yes. situation. And so, as we know, the enemy caused certain things to happen. But it was Job's response that the Lord was looking for, which is kind of what you're saying about the heart. And I know one of the examples that you used um, was John 9, right? Where um, the blind man was healed. And then all of a sudden, like, I think it was the disciples that came to Jesus. And they were like, why is he blind? Is it because his parents sinned? Is it because he sinned? And Jesus was like, this is for the glory of God. And so um, I've dissected that scripture up and down mm -hmm. um, because of, you know, I've had those questions for myself, right? And I've also studied the, the story of Job up and down because I've also had those questions and those mm -hmm. happenings myself. And so at the end of the day, you know, <clears throat> one thing that um, I'm never the type of person to look for warfare. I'm never the type of person to look for the enemy behind anything. If anything, um, Pastor Linda, and I know I've had this conversation with Denise where it's like, dude, you're having warfare right now. And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> um, because um, 
to me, like I don't like giving the enemy as much credit as he as he does like he doesn't deserve, right? But I don't like throwing things at him. However, I understand that there's a very real enemy of our yes. souls. Mm -hmm. And I understand that it's the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So whether it was something out of my free will or whether it was something that the enemy planted a seed or whatever, at the end of the day, it's my responsibility to decide how I'm going to respond to it, yes. which is what you're saying. Right. Yes. And so I'm not going to sit here and split hairs and be like, is it the enemy if it's not? Like, if it was my own will that got me into a place that I was in trouble, right. it was the enemy's influence. Uh, you know. Yes. And again, I'm not passing blame on the enemy. And there's been times where I for sure wish I could have just given him all the and be like, <laughs> no, it's the enemy having his way. No. But at the end of the day, I think the reason why, I told, why Jesus told that to the people is because um, God can use anything for his glory. Yes. Okay. Our mess-ups, our goof-ups, our successes are these things. Because, you know, we keep saying that, um, you know, we, I keep emphasizing on, the, on the, our failures being something that the enemy pounces on. But it could also be successes. Like, mm -hmm. if I get to a, a place where I'm so successful in all these things and I feel like I don't need God, that's the enemy using my success. Mm -hmm. So don't weigh whatever's going on in your life um, as God's approval over your life. That's not... The measure of it the measure of it is is god calling you to that situation or not job when he was going through all that chaos he was in god's will mm -hmm. whether we want to admit it or not he was in yeah. god's will he was being tested he was being on these things and at the end of the day and that the lord right now is speaking to me about his lordship and so he came in to job's mess and notice how he didn't even talk about satan when he confronted job he didn't say satan away with you he addressed Job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he told Job, you stand up and talk to me like a man. And he revealed himself to Job in such a profound way right. where he was like, he was talking about deities like Leviathan. He was talking about, uh, you know, just all these crazy things, revealing himself to Job. Okay. The person. And then from that place, he told Job, you pray for your friends, you intercede for your friends. So it's like, you know, the Lord gave Job the authority to take back the things that the enemy has stolen. The enemy was a pawn in that entire story. And so the enemy is a pawn in my life. The enemy is a pawn in your life and all of our lives. Right. And the Lord just uses these people. He uses these um, satanic things in order to glorify himself. And so to me, in my pain, in my mess, where is God going to get this glory? It's not even me. Where, where It's not even like, again, talking about this healing, right? It's not even like, oh, when am I going to get this healing? No. It's how is God looking for his glory in this thing? Fire. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think when that happens, anything that happens to me, like, for example, I'm about to have surgery tomorrow. And any other time I would have, like, gone off the deep end. But now I'm like, you know what? Like, that's what the enemy wants to mm -hmm. happen. But now I'm sitting here and I'm like, Lord, like, you know, if the worst thing happens. Sorry. Just because God is good, right? Um, if the worst thing happens from this, like, I know I'm good. Because the word says, like, lay your treasures up in heaven, right? And so to me, this life is like but a vapor, as the word says. Like, life is but a vapor. Like, our bodies wither away. We're all like, our flesh is like grass. And so to me, it's like, why am I putting so much emphasis on whether it's the enemy, on whether it's God putting me through this, which I know that it's not. But why, why focus on that when in reality, like, this is such a short amount of time in the contrast of eternity, and so to me, when I focus myself on eternity, when I present myself before the Lamb, when I present myself before the throne of God, like, what's going to be my question? Is it going to be, you know, like, why did you put me through that? Like, 
if I'm in front of God face to face, like, is that even going to matter? Mm-hmm. It's not. Like, why would I waste my time with Jesus asking him why, why I suffered when I was on earth? Like, it's so minuscule. I'm going to yeah. be worried about worshiping him. And so to me, it's like, if that's going to be my number one purpose when I'm in heaven, why not start doing that right now? Mm-hmm. Why not present the disability as a worship onto him? Why not mm-hmm. present to him my pain as a worship onto him, my successes onto him? And so to me, that's, that's the story of Christianity. Right. It's giving back the, the lamb a reward for his suffering. And so to leave that legacy where your kids, your family can always point back to the lamb when they see your life. Right. And yeah. so that that's the only way that I can answer that. Yeah. No, that's really good. And I think another thing that people don't realize is that each one of us has such an individual story. Yes. Yeah. Each one of us has such a different demographic that we speak to. So for me, I know that in my story, I used the enemy a lot mm-hmm. as reference. But let me tell you why. When you deal with women who have had abortions and they're sitting in front of you and they're saying, why would God allow this? Mm-hmm. You have to say, God did not allow that. That was the enemy. So it's so important to know the the people you're speaking to and in the words that you're choosing to speak. And so for me, it was really important for me to highlight that and and use that because once again, the Bible says it's the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And it's God who comes to to give life and life more abundantly. So when I'm talking to these women um, and they understand that it was not God who did this, that starts mending the relationship yes. between them and Jesus. Yes. And so for me, that was one of the reasons why I highlighted that because, like I said, just the people that I deal with. And I know that we all deal with different demographics, addictions, right. and, and, and whatnot in such different ways. And in each way, you have to speak to them in different terms for them to understand. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's always foundational. Yes. It's always bringing it back to God. And I love what you said, both of you ladies, what you guys have been saying. It's, it's not... We, we're pointing these things out, but not to dwell on them, exactly. right? Pinpoint it, know your why, and then go back to yourself because it goes back to Pastor Linda says, at the end of the day, if nothing else around you changes, what are you going to yes. do differently? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's and I think we've made it, we've established a very clear boundary in the podcast of self-accountability, yeah. working on yourself, not staying in that place of victimhood mm-hmm. and excuses and blaming and pointing fingers because at the end of the day, nothing gets done when that happens. Yes, exactly. Agreed. Honestly, you, you both, both of you have such a strong gift of taking, um, what the hearts and intents of people and then wording it in a way (laughs) that just makes sense. (laughs) Cause I really felt like I was like rambling, but then you, you took it and I was like, yes, thank you. Cause everything both of you just said 100%, that was the point I was trying to make. I promise you You guys got me. And I thank you so much for beautifying that. Um, But for right now uh, we are going to take a quick break so that we can introduce our upcoming events. Um, Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. We are so excited to announce Back to the Basics, our next In the Vine Daily Mixer, coming up this February 10th. And we heard you guys, so we will be expanding our age group so we can invite more Christian singles. At one portion of the day, we'll be hosting the 36 to 46-year-olds, and the next portion will be for the 25 to 35-year-olds. Tickets will be available for purchase soon. So if you're a Christian single and you're looking for a godly environment where you can meet other single Christians, or you have friends and family who may be interested, Follow us on Instagram to stay updated at inthevine.dating. You can also find more details about the events and our mission statement on our website at www.inthevinedating.com. What you'll find at one of our events is simple. We provide games, 
icebreakers, and everyone's favorite portion of the event so far, speed dating. At In The Vine, we cultivate an environment where we can make it easy for you to talk to and get to know every person in the room. It really is just about getting back to the basics. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us. And Melissa, so we do have another question for you, and that is, what is your advice to the single women and men out there that are, you know, have a relationship with Christ and are upholding, you know, their standards and sometimes may feel like, you know what, is this even <laughs> worth it? Is it worth um, remaining single and, and not finding what I want <laughs> or what I need? Um, what would you say to them? Um... So one of my friends a long time ago, she sent me, <laughs> sorry, there's so many things going on in my mind. Um, but one of my friends, she sent me a video once where um, this lady, she was preaching and she was like, you got to be hungry enough to wait. And so, you know, when you're mm -hmm. craving like a certain thing and nothing else like would satiate that, satiate, satiate. Um, so it's kind of like that, you know, like when you have a certain appetite for something, again, going back to the appetite thing. Nothing else is going to satisfy, if you're thirsty for water, nothing else is going to satisfy that quen or quench that thirst, right? And mm -hmm. so um, when she sent me that, that was a, um, it was pretty cool because I'm like, okay, that that makes total sense as to why, right? In the Bible, we see how, um, was it Jacob and Esau, how Esau gave up his birthright because he was just hungry and he thought mm -hmm. he was going to die. And so he was so desperate that he just gave mm -hmm. up what the Lord had for him. That's good. And so That's for so me... Good. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been single for a long time and it hasn't been easy. Again, as I mentioned that my friends were getting married and they were moving on to different phases of life. And, um, I had to go, <laughs> I had to go through, <laughs> I had to go through a lot of that. Right. And so, um, during that time, as that was happening in my friends' lives, I, <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about bridesmaids? You have no. so many I'm so, No, no, relax, killer. Um, I, I had no choice but to really um, focus in on my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so um, I used that time to be able to inquire of the Lord and to grow in my relationship with God and to be able. And, you know, I've noticed that whenever I date, like, my attention is divided, right? That's why Paul says, like, if you want to, um, it's better for you to remain single so that you can focus your heart wholeheartedly on God. And it's true because your attention is divided. And so, you know, I, I can take a look back at this time that I've been single and I can be sad and I can say, you know what, like this entire time, like I haven't had anybody that's been consistently there. Whenever I think back on that time that's passed, I just, instead of, I see it as an addition, right? I've been able to consecrate myself onto the Lord in different ways. I've been able to experience him in just in profound ways. And so, you know, when I turned 30, it was funny because I only had one regret. And that was all the time that I wasted in being sad about not having a spouse or not having these things. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, it was, a, it, it used to consume a lot, a lot um, of my mental space, a lot of my emotional space. And so if I could give any advice to anybody is, um, you know, don't put, you know, that proverbial, don't put your eggs, uh, all your eggs in one basket, yeah. uh, unless that basket is Jesus, honestly, because as you are focusing on God and as you're putting yourself in the situation where you can take this opportunity and grow closer to Jesus, 
Um, you know, it sounds really cliche, but they, you know, those quotes where it says, you run towards God and then the person that's for you is going to be run, um, is going to come alongside you and do that. And so, again, it hasn't been easy, but I've learned how to steward my time wisely. And so to everybody that's waiting, you know, don't sell yourself short. It's definitely hard. Um, and there's been some of those things where, uh, you know, as we talked about that, I had some standards that weren't, weren't um, healthy. Um, and so the more that I've grown in God, though, like the more that I've realized that, um, it's worth waiting for because in the meantime, like I'm not lacking anything, right. you know, um, the world may tell you that you're lacking something and that life won't begin into a certain place. But if you're really dedicated to the Lord and you're devoted yourself to him, again, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I am saying that it is highly, highly worth it and it's highly rewarding. And so the experiences that I've had with God, I would never exchange it for having somebody to, um, to call a husband, you know what I mean? because I know that that time will come. And so why not enjoy the time that I'm in and why not take advantage of what mm -hmm. God is showing himself in my life? Because as you get married, um, you know, for women it's different because now your husband becomes a filter. Right. And so right now I don't have that filter. I remember I was like, um, I was just making jokes with the Lord, right? And I was like, Lord, like, just bring me a millionaire husband. Like, that's all <laughs> I want, you know? And the Lord was like, why? When you have me, I have all the access to that because Let's say if I bring uh, a man, right, and then I have to ask that man, and then that man has to go to God. Now I don't have that right now where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I don't have that go-to person. Like, I have direct access to Jesus. And so I'm not saying that I'll lose that, obviously, but the Lord has opened up profound doors for me. As I mentioned, like, being able to go to Israel on somebody else's dime, I've been able to go to places, um, to Laughlin on somebody else's dime. Like, I've been so blessed, like, profoundly blessed, uh, the moment that I learned to treat God as my provider, as mm -hmm. my husband, as my best friend, as my brother, as all these different things in my life. And so that's my thing, you know, allow God to reveal himself who you are, right. to who he is to you. And I love that you say that because I know we've highlighted this before and I think it's worth resharing and re-highlighting is when you are single, whether it be even a man, mm -hmm. right? Because I know sometimes it's a little hard or awkward um, as Shekinah had mentioned before, for men to think of God as their husband, just yeah. because of the perverse generation we're in and, and whatnot. But nonetheless, he is, and he's yes. a provider. And the fact, and we, not only you, but I've heard countless testimonies, like I mentioned before, of single women mm -hmm. that depend on God as their provider and as their husband. And their stories far outweigh some of the stories that I hear from yeah. women that are married. And it's no shame, but like we said, God is perfect. Yeah. God has all the resources available and no better, you're in no better place to be than being, you know, um, as God is being your husband and provider. And, and I know it's easier said than done, but I love that you as a single woman right now can <laughs> honestly say it like wholeheartedly and truly believe it. You're a walking testament and that testimony, you know, if you're single out there, grab onto Melissa's testimony, declare that even over your life, reach out to her. I know we're also put on her Instagram mm -hmm. handle on there and and have her pray with you, have her pray over you because she has that power and authority because she is living that. And honestly, is she perfect? No, none of us are. But I know this about her. I know that when she's having a weak moment, like all of us do, she reaches out. She reaches out for accountability. She reaches out for prayer. She reaches out for perspective. Mm -hmm. And she's and even when she's given correction or whatnot, she's like, you're right, you know? And so, and that goes for everybody on this panel. So I really wanted to highlight that. One more question um, before the final question, and that is, what would you say to someone who has a disability and um, is trying to date? Um, <clears throat> I would say 
That's a really tough question, honestly. And I know I mean, it's kind of like, really? <laughs> um, I guess I would say it's probably twofold. The first thing is, and I will never stop saying this, is obviously find your identity in Christ first and foremost. Um, the second thing is, you know, everybody has their crap. <laughs> everybody has their baggage. Everybody has their shortcomings. Some people is more evident and others it's not. But at the end of the day, um, you are who you attract. You attract who you are, I should say. And the more that you see yourself as a burden, the more that other people are going to look at you as a burden. And so first and foremost, uh, you need to learn to respect yourself. You need to learn to give yourself value. And if you're already there, if you're already in that place, then I wish I could say that there's a way to not get hurt. And I wish I could say that there's a way to prove your worth to somebody, um, but there isn't. You know what I mean? Um, unfortunately, you can't just present all the data and all the facts to somebody up front. Mm -hmm. They have to be willing to uncover the treasure. And the problem is finding somebody to uncover that treasure. And so um, you just have to be patient. You have to be understand that you are worth um, somebody digging out all that, digging through the, through the rubbish, I guess I should say, mm -hmm. and being able to get to your heart and being able to find the gold and being able to find, you know, there's been a lot of times where I've overcompensated, um, which is why I mentioned, you know, in my interview that the only thing that I knew how to do was be lustful. Um, so, you know, don't sell yourself short, short for that. Like, keep yourself in a place of high standards, high value. And because uh, wholeheartedly, what the Lord just showed me um, just maybe like a few months ago was, you know, there's people that are beautiful and they have their lives together. And on the outside, like, they, you know, there's women that have it all. And yet, how many times have we heard that they're being beaten and that they're being abused and that they're in these situations where they're broken? And so if that can happen to somebody that's so beautiful and has their life together where you look at them and you're like, how can anybody ever reject them? If you look at that and realize that they themselves are experiencing what you're afraid of experiencing, then you start to really realize like it has nothing to do, real love, true love, unconditional love has nothing to do with our bodies. It has nothing to do with the way that we look. It has nothing to do with things that are going to expire at some point. And it has everything, everything, everything to do with um, the things that are not seen. Yeah. Right? It has everything to do with, obviously, the love of Christ first, um, which, again, I don't know how people can have relationships outside of him. Right. Um, but that's really ultimately it. You know, I think there's been times where I forfeited my relationship with Christ in order to be able to feel accepted and loved by somebody else when that I was already putting myself in a situation where it wasn't going to prosper. Right. And so the more that I focused on God, the more that I am faith, uh, what's the word, confident, the more that I'm confident that he's going to bring in somebody that sees God in me mm -hmm. rather than sees me for my body, yeah. you know? And so I love that. that's really, that's really it. Yeah. If, <clears throat> find somebody that can see God in you. Yeah. And Jesse, I see you crying over there. So as her best friend, right, and I'm sure you've given her amazing advice, um, what would you say to women or men out there that have a disability who maybe don't have a best friend to, Stop. <laughs> to encourage them or whatnot? What would you say to them from a place of friendship? Can you ask your question again? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I said, um, what type of advice would you give to people out there from a friend, as a friend to friend, that have a disability that maybe don't see themselves as valuable or worthy mm -hmm. to be dating? 
<laughs> I don't know why I'm crying so much. <laughs> but I just want to say you sharing this, you just did it so well. Aww. You did it so well, you shared it. I can just, I've told you this before that you're the forerunner for this. <laughs> But as you were speaking, I saw many people grabbing on, onto what you were saying and saying, God, I want that what she has. I want to experience you that way. <laughs> and as your friend, I don't ever want you to go through anything bad. <sighs> Sorry, it just hurts just to know that you've ever even been there and the part that you had to overcompensate for someone to love you. Because I love you so much mm -hmm. and... I think everyone else does. Yes. And we don't even see your disability. Like people, like, I, I mean, people are just so out there. And I mean, we've been at the gym and someone like brings up your cast. And I'm, I'm like, what? What yeah. does it matter to him? She's ready to fight. Yeah, I'm like, why? And then you're like, it's okay. And you're like, and you'll have like an answer. Like you have like a funny answer sometimes. And then they just walk away. But I'm like, why do people care so much about that? Really? Does it matter? Does it really matter? So I think as a friend, it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, that's your friend. Mm -hmm. This is a whole person. Like, she's my whole friend. Yeah. And, everything, <laughs> and everything she brings to the table. Like, her disability doesn't bring her anywhere close to having to compensate for that. Like, yeah. and I would hate as a, as a friend to see, like, Anybody, anybody not seeing their worth, whether it's a disability, whether it's their weight, whether it's their their face. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people even like their nose. You know, like yeah, some, you know, people yeah. like they're that's like, true. no one's gonna love me with my this big old pimple on my face. Like something so small. Stupid, yeah. And it's like, no, like there's somebody out there for everybody, and God loves us so much. Like, why can't we see that sometimes? And yeah. I love that you said that. Like, see yourself first, and how you see, how God sees you, because that's where you're gonna be standing, and you will attract that around you. Yes. Because yeah, you you put yourself down. Words are powerful. People around you are gonna put you down because it's yes. easy. Yes. Right. And I do have to say, um, you know, Sorry. what Yessie, the way that she's responding now, like, I do have to say it's not like it's not the first time. Like, there's been times where I've been um, in terrible, like, medical situations. And <clears throat> you guys know me. I love prayer. Right. And so the number one thing that I do is, hey, like, I don't really need sympathy. I just need you to pray for me. Mm -hmm. And I have people that I've invited her, like, even with you, when you were going through something, I went to your house and I prayed because to me, it's like, you know, <clears throat> God is the only one that can intervene, and he's the only one that can really bring about any sort of salvation, bring about any sort of healing. And, you know, I have full confidence that God is going to heal me one day, but I'm not living for that day. I'm living for today, right? Yeah. At least not anymore. I mean, before it was definitely very hard. But, you know, part of my success, it really is that, is surrounding myself in a community of people that cry like this and that encourage me and that... Um, you know, where I'm able to run and speak my raw, raw, like raw emotion and not be faced with pity. Because mm -hmm. as somebody that's, whether you're an addict, whether you, uh, you know, are going through terrible things, like the last thing you need is pity. And because pity is going to keep you in that place, what you need is compassion. And compassion empowers you. Yes. Compassion brings miracles. Compassion brings in the love of God yes. and gives you 
the ability to move forward. Yes. And so compassion, somebody is going to, sometimes it's going to look like hard love, you know? Um, but because I've surrounded myself in a, in a place where in, I fought it. I'm not going to lie. Like I fought being vulnerable. I fought opening myself up, but, um, being around people that not just forced me in a negative way, but allowed me to see myself as she was saying, as a whole person, um, was so profound to me where even now, sometimes I look at people and I'm like, uh, like, how can you love me like this? Like, right. it doesn't, like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. And when I'm feeling weak and I'm feeling vulnerable, I can express it. And people are like, okay, like, let me cover you right now. Right. Let me help you right now. Yeah. And so um, I think what, whatever your case may be, mine is a disability, but whatever the case may be with you, you know, maybe you've done some <clears throat> terrible choices in your life and, you know, you're still punishing yourself for those things. Like, allow God to bring you to a place where, People can speak life into you because there will be times, you know, I'll end this with this. Like Peter denied Jesus three times. He denied Jesus. Like that's embarrassing (laughs) to me. That would have been embarrassing to go down in the Bible (laughs) as somebody that That denied Jesus three times. Yeah. And yet, you know, while others still rejected him, right, Jesus was waiting for him. Like he was waiting for him and he, Jesus already knew what he was going to do. Notice how in the other scriptures, it says that God knew the heart of the crowd and he distanced himself from them. But with Peter, he knew his heart and he approached him because Peter's intentions were to always be closer to God. Was he messy in the process? Yeah, absolutely. He definitely messed up a few times, but God worked with that. With the crowds, Jesus didn't work with that. He worked with Peter one-on-one. And so to me, it's like, you know, have you need to surround yourself with people that have the heart of Jesus, yeah. that have the heart of God. And I'm not saying that everybody is always going to be perfect um, because there's been times where we've hurt each other, where we've said the wrong thing. But at the end of the day, like, I know that all my friends have a heart after God and I can trust people that have a heart after God, a yeah. genuine heart, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Did you want to add anything, Shekinah? There's so many things I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try to keep it short because we're at the end here. But um, first, I just want to say that when I see your lifestyle, your ministry, and oh my gosh, yes, you're getting me. <laughs> um, you really, you really are such an example of the ministry of Paul. Mm-hmm. And you know, Paul was single, and Paul was like, "Man, I wish for all of you to be single like me." Because Paul, like, what, like what you said, I don't, you didn't, you don't have this filter of husband between you and God. And I think for the men, it's the same thing. You don't have a filter of wife between um, the relationship between you and God. Because even Paul recognized the the order uh, of relationships that you need is first God then your spouse then everything else mm-hmm. and when you don't have spouse it goes you know first God then your ministry mm-hmm. right then you can do the work of God without having to navigate um, the role between spouse and family and children and all of that and so and then he Paul also constantly talks about how he has performed healings for others but he himself he himself still dealt with the thorn in his mm-hmm, side. Yeah. And I know people still don't know if that terminology is because he literally had a pain in his side or if it was just a common saying mm-hmm. to describe pain in general, like, oh, it's a thorn in my side. But um, we do know that Paul did struggle with a physical ailment of some kind mm-hmm. and um, all his life, and yet he was still able to heal others. And I think with that, when I read the example of Paul, I see that he was able to go out in his ministry in the way that he was able to go out in his ministry because he wasn't married and because he um, didn't let his 
uh, ailment stop him from going after what God had for him. And I think that's what made it far more powerful and um, gave him so much more grace into doing what he was able to do. And you're that same example. I'm not saying you're going to be imprisoned or single <laughs> the rest of your life. I know that's not the case. But um, I do see you do so much for this church. Yeah. So many things that people don't even see. And you are just you are just driven and you go for it. And I believe that there's certain things that God is asking you to establish that you wouldn't have been able to do mm -hmm. if you had a husband. Yes. And I believe that there are so many people who struggle with insecurities, whether as I think it was, yes, you said that whether it's um, a physical ailment or disability or if it's something from your past, whatever you mm -hmm. feel like labels you, um, you are a testimony to those individuals, a type of testimony and a type of um, you're able to influence them in a way that you wouldn't have been able to influence them if you have been healed at this point. Yes. I also believe that healing is coming your way. I truly believe that. Absolutely. But in the meantime, you are walking out your faith. You are stepping into the will of God. And you are able to, through that, be an example to other people who might be struggling. Because if your testimony was, I follow God because I got healed, there are too many people that would use that as an excuse to just stand still and do nothing with their life until they right. received a miracle. And so I think that that's so powerful is that you're actively walking these things out in your life. And as a result, God is using you so powerfully and using you to have this podcast and be able to speak to others who might be struggling with the same thing and influence people on a deeper level that others might not have been able to influence them with because, well, their life is perfect and God showed up for them in this way, which is fantastic and amazing and something that we should absolutely celebrate but I don't think it carries the same weight as somebody who's struggling and still following God. Right. That's really good. That's, thank really, you. that's really good. So ladies. thank you for your testimony. <laughs> yes. and thank you for living thank you. your life the way that you do. Yes. yes. Thank yeah. you. And I just also want to add a little bit to that before we go to the last question. And that is, is if you are a friend to someone who does have a disability, one of the things that I know, and this story keeps coming up and I just want to share it. It's with my husband and Laughlin. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember this, but... As a friend, um, with, you know, when, when you have, if you have a friend that has a disability, it's important for you to be there for them. It's important for you to pray for them. But it's also important for you not to allow them to fall into um, a, a psych, bad cycles or cycles that will be hurtful to them, right? It's, it's not allowing them to let the disability rule them, but them to rule the disability. Right. And, but at the same token, I think it's really important, and I'm reminded of that scripture, like, you know, love covers a multitude of, si of sin. Um, and even, I think it was, I forgot who it was, but somebody covered their dad when they were drunk. Yeah, Noah. Noah, Noah thank you. Been. Sorry. Um, but I'm saying that to say, you know, there was an incident that had happened in Laughlin. She was like, we were on the jet ski or something. And I guess like something like a shoe or something had fallen off. And I remember my husband calling me over and he's like, make sure Melissa's okay. Mm -hmm. Make sure she's taken care of. I know that this is important to her. I don't want her to feel uncomfortable. Do what you have to do. And at that moment, I was like... I cried. I was like, you're so amazing. I love you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But finding those types of friends that, because my husband's also not one to let you just fall into the, that right. victim mentality, but at the same time will be the first type, the first person to protect what needs to be protected. So saying that if you have a friend that has a disability or sees him, not even just a disability, but sees themselves a certain way, there is that beautiful balance of being there to help them, but also not being an enabler. Right. And I think that is so important to point out because we're huge on not being enablers, right? Because yeah. we see that. But I also know that sometimes it's a it's a hard balance 
to try to find if I want to be compassionate and I want to be there for them, but also knowing not to be an enabler in a negative in a negative way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to share that. Yeah, I, w I kept replaying that story in my head actually. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a crazy time. Yeah, being able that was like one of the most scariest times that I've ever experienced in my mm -hmm. life. And um, yeah, to see the way that Mike responded, but not just Mike, but right. like other people that right. were there. Um, that to me was out of this world. Like it was, at, it was one. Of, it was scary, but at the same time, it was so liberating. Yeah, to have experienced that because I'm like, wow, you know. Um, and we were in a huge crowd, and it wasn't made a spectacle. Right. You know what I mean? And so, and I'm like, okay. And even Pastor Adriana, Pastor Abraham, they ran out and got me yes, what I needed. Yes, they did. And I was like, okay. I can feel safe here. You were safe. Yeah. Absolutely. I can feel safe. So Definitely. It's been a wild ride. Yeah. It's been a community effort. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I think we have one last question, Melissa. Yeah. Yes. I don't even know how to transition into that. But, you know, on the in the interview that you asked me, what do I see happening within the Vine? But now I'm curious, what do you girls see happening within the Vine? Like, um, what do you see coming from this, um, from your own perspective? I'll start from my left. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seven. <laughs> um, JK. Uh, I see a lot. I, see, I honestly just, just with you speaking, I just see people just spreading, like the podcast spreading. Mm -hmm. And I, I sent that, right? We're in Mexico now. Yay. The Middle East. Yes. Like, that's crazy and that's amazing. And I, I just can't wait to see all the dots keep going on that's that really map uh, for, for the coming season for the podcast yes um but also for um in the vine dating events yes oh my gosh like i'm already yes. excited for february yeah because it's, so it's gonna be like valentine's mm -hmm. time you know and and love is in the air <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm excited for that but i also see workshops i see um how can we better ourselves as um as a community yes. as an individual and uh, a lot of people aren't how do i say aren't what is it when you Idea. Uh, like marketable branded. yeah they're, well they're not marketing to those people that mm, need it right mm -hmm. like that's not available in a lot of churches like the yes some churches have single ministries and single events but um we're we're talking about like taking care of somebody from like the bottom yeah. up you know yeah uh, so we want to get into the needy-greedy and yeah. we want to see like what's going on in our mind and what can we do to give them confidence to go yes. out there in the dating world yes. i think that's the biggest one like I can see the workshops giving, bringing confidence to men and women. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So. I love that. I love that. Not so same thing. Honestly, I see us growing to the point of where we're not just doing events locally here in the Antelope Valley, but we're growing, you know, all over the United States. You know, we're able to do this in different churches and, and churches begin to see the value of this. I know that uh, our very first event, we reached out to a bunch of churches in the valley and mm -hmm. not a single one replied yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure they're just kind of like but they opened the yeah. emails yeah, we saw them yeah, we, yeah, some, we yeah, see you we see, we see. <laughs> um but uh i think they're probably just testing out but like right, let's see how these go first right. you know? um but i really do see this growing into something that that we have churches begging us to come and host an event where we are doing panels, where we're, we're not just talking to you from a podcast and from a screen, but we're talking to people live and in person. And yes. we get to actually, you know, talk to people and engage with them. I see that happening. I do see things like workshops. And um, that is our vision for In the Vine is to not just turn this into something that we talk about. Um, I mean, already we've grown so far beyond yes. what I even thought yes. we would become, you know, even the podcast uh 
that was just kind of an off-the-cuff idea that we so had. We gave it a shot. <laughs> yes. And it was in the group yeah, chat. It was, like, it was in the group chat. I wish we had a picture of us, like, huddled around that yeah. table. <laughs> <laughs> we should have, yeah. It would have been our photo, like, the yeah. first one. Um, but, it, yeah, it was just a quick idea of, like, we should start a podcast. Yeah. And then, that, what, that, like, very week or the next yes. week, we were huddled around one little mic trying to talk to you <laughs> guys. I just want to say that within, like, two hours, I had, like, a blow-up of, like... It, <laughs> videos and like logos and i was like what is happening because yeah. this is moving so yeah, fast happened, dude it yeah. happened this yeah so this wasn't <laughs> this went way beyond just hosting a single event we are the lord was like now yeah go you yeah. know what's that <laughs> what's that uh famous video of like okay hold on hold yeah, on yeah. hold on and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then the lord just yanks you yeah and um, that's exactly how this was and so we have every single one of us here i can say has such a heart and such an understanding that this is needed in communities and that this is needed topic that needs to be discussed. And what I thought, even with the podcast, what I thought would just be cute little like, how do I talk to a girl on a day questions? Yeah. Or, you know, like, what's a good pickup line? Like, I thought that's the topics that we would be covering. Yeah. <laughs> We're going so much deeper than that. And mm -hmm. I love that. And it's just, it's constant reminder and a constant proof that God is in this. God is yanking us along and just, yeah. you know, bringing us along in this. And that's all we are. We're just tools. Yes. In this, and um, I just know that this ministry is going to grow significantly. Um, and so for those listening, please pray for us. Because yes. along with that, mm -hmm. when the Holy Spirit puts something in to motion, the enemy sees that and the enemy mm -hmm. will attack. And mm -hmm. so we're not blind to that mm -hmm. as a reality. And we're constantly praying over ourselves. We mm -hmm. have accountability. We have mentorship. And uh, we are praying over this. We're praying over Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> and Ramsey, <laughs> even, he's already been having, you know, he's been producing others. So, which is so great. And just to see the, the growth is so phenomenal. To see how God has just been highlighting so many unique things through each and every single one of us is just phenomenal. I'm just excited to be where we're at now. Yeah. But how much more exciting to just to see where we still have to go. Right. It's just Phenomenal. I yes. might stop talking now. I just went on with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the excitement, Shekinah. Yeah. I'm excited. I just feel like I've learned a whole new level of Shekinah during real. this podcast. <laughs> I'm so, I told my husband, I still can't believe she came and gave me a hug. It's like, that's the, it's my highlight of the year. Yeah, you made it. <laughs> I did. Anyways, um, I, I mean, I, I see the same thing you ladies see. I definitely see, you know, um, our husbands involved, Andre and yeah. Mike and, it's so funny to know that, you know, Mike and Andre are so close and, and just to be able to bring them along and just their willingness, yeah. right? Like they're at, like everything that they have to offer. Because you know me, I'm all about family. I'm all about right. the right order. And so to be able to do this as a family thing has just been amazing. And, you know, being with you ladies at workshops and we all have such individual gifts. Yes. And we know how to combine them and we know how to, like I've said this before and I think it's worth mentioning again, we know how to stay in our lane yeah. and we're not offended. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that we all put in our hours and we all do what we need to do. And there's just that beautiful, like if we can't do something like the other person steps in and it's that like, not that animosity or anything like that, you know, and, and you're right. Like, but we also like, it's crazy to see. And I've said this from the beginning, the grace of God over this yeah. podcast, like it's, uh, it, it still blows my mind. But like you said, I also know that it, it comes with, with warfare, you right. know, and it, it hasn't been easy, but at the same time, it's been beautiful to just be a part of it. But I definitely, um, I'm excited. I'm, I, I'm seeing big things. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah. definitely see, you know, big things happening as long as we always keep God at the forefront exactly. of yes. everything. And so I'm just very excited. I completely agree with all of you. Um, 
And again, a ministry, as we just learned on Sunday, is, I mean, our pastors beat this into us, but it's serving others, right? Yes. So it's God, people, and then everything else And when it comes to this specific ministry. And so we're just so grateful to be able to serve you guys and be able to bring the identity of Christ into each and every one of you. And before I close it out, I just want to read what our mission statement is. Yes. And our vision statement. Our mission statement, in, um, just so you guys know, is to help cultivate environments and entertainment that would inspire godly men and women to be grafted into the vine and once again pursue the biblical values of marriage. And last but not least, the vision statement is um, to host events across America that will restore value to biblical male and female roles in relationships, thus advancing the restoration of the nuclear family and its autonomous governance in our country. In other words, bring the power back to the people. Amen. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for for joining us. You know, um, we've been you've been rocking with us since October, and we just can't believe um, that we're about to wrap this up. Stay tuned. Our next episode is going to be quite a surprise. It's going to be fun. It's going to be the first one of the year, and it's just going to be unexpected. So yes. um, stay tuned for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that's it. Thank you. We hope that you have a very merry Christmas. Um, that God's love would radiate you and your family. And um, that you would get a visit from Santa. And, <laughs> um, and I guess Happy New Year as well, right? Yeah, it's because it's going to air the week of yeah. after Christmas. So Happy New Year. We hope we're rooting for you. Those New Year's resolutions, we're definitely rooting for you. I don't care what anybody says. We know that you could do it. And we, we just, the fact that you're dreaming and that you're hoping to be a better person, mm -hmm. um, give yourself credit for that. If you're going to go to the gym and you're one of the reasons why it's packed, good for you. <laughs> Make space for yourself. Take yes. your own freaking gym weights. <laughs> Um, we believe in you and we're rooting for you and we love yes. you and we just pray a blessing over each and every one of you. So have a great night. Have a great day. Have a great life. <laughs> hey, wait. And as always, pray for your single friends. It's hard out here. And pray for the friends that are praying for the single friends, <laughs> yes, please. It's hard out it's here. It's really too. hard out here. <laughs> um, right. So funny. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.